out, but I don't think that they have as good a print as on this uh, Blu-ray. Also, I was able to find the whole movie on YouTube, so you should check it out. The Devil Strikes at Night by uh, Robert Sidowak. Again, thanks for listening to Community Radio KBOO Portland. Film at 11 will be back next Friday. So until then, keep your screens warm. Estate di guerra 90.7 FM and KBOO.FM online. This is From the Vault, the Pacifica Radio Archives weekly series where we get to profile some of the amazing recordings in our 55,000 program collection going back to 1949. I'm your host, Mark Torres. Dolores Huerta became a public figure in the mid-1960s when she co-founded, with Cesar Chavez, the United Farmworkers Union. Today, she heads the Dolores Huerta Foundation, where she continues to fight for equality and justice for underrepresented communities. On April 10, 2018, Dolores Huerta celebrated her 88th birthday. Pacifica Station KPFK in Los Angeles asked the Pacifica Radio Archives and Dan Guerrero host of KPFK's Gaytino Report on radio show IMRU to produce a birthday celebration show combining rare personal stories and Pacifica archival sound recordings going back to the beginning. Here is that program that aired on Dolores Huerta's birthday, April 10th, 2018. Dolores no teme porque es muy valiente Welcome to a very special and historic hour. I'm Dan Guerrero. And I'm Mark Torres. Join us for a birthday salute to Dolores Huerta. And it's going to be quite a salute. Oh my goodness. We are going to be giving Dolores the best birthday gift we have, which is a gift of the historic recordings that we have in the Pacifica Radio Archives, along with some personal stories from both yourself and myself. What else could you want in one hour, for goodness sake? <laughs> and some of those interviews, they're dating back to the late 60s. Yeah. When you weren't around, I was, but... <laughs> If the farm workers would have been unionized many years ago, it would have helped the small farmer to survive. But the small farmers are constantly being used by the big growers, saying, "Well, you know, you can't. The, the, you're hurting the farmer. You're hurting the farmer." And actually, the one that's hurting the farmer is the corporate grower, not the farm worker. Uh, in terms of technology, we have nothing against automation at all. We know that it's going to come in. 
We know that with unionization, a farmer can get an adequate wage to feed his family, to support his family, so that as a result, the whole family doesn't have to go into the field instead of having the, the mother and the children go into the field with the father to try to just get enough money to eat on. The father will be able to, to earn enough with just his own, uh, his own wages so that the children can go to school and maybe go on to higher education if, if they want to and the mother can stay at home. Since I came to the Pacifica Radio Archives, I've listened to all of her recordings, and in fact, we gifted her all of these recordings. Well, you know, most know, of course, that she co-founded the United Farm Workers Union with Cesar Chavez. But there's so much more to this iconic lady, and I really don't like that word because people use it for your mailman. But in this instance, it works, right? A lady who continues her fight for social justice to this day, her 88th birthday. I'm sure she's out there marching somewhere or making a speech instead of partying, though she does like to party. So um, <laughs> anyway, we can hear some stories and you're going to get some archival footage and uh, let's jump in. Okay, well, you're right. Both yourself and I have jointly celebrated several of her birthday parties. Yeah. The first one that you and I celebrated together was her 70th birthday party in 1996. You were we, there? We were both at UCLA. We didn't know each other. I knew your dad, and I recorded your dad debuting the Corrido de Dolores Huerta. My dad, for those that don't know, was Lalo Guerrero, known as the father of Chicano music. And the funny thing about that is, he called me one day, a few months before the event you're talking about, and he said, hey, mijo, you know, I just realized I've never written a corrido for Dolores Huerta. Of course, he'd done one for Caesar, uh, Ruben Salazar, uh, uh, Robert Kennedy, and, and I said, oh, well, okay. So he wrote it. Now comes this birthday you're talking about, her 70th, wow. And he said he's going to sing it. I said, okay, let's get a music stand and put the lyrics because you don't know <laughs> it. You just wrote it. No, no, I don't need it. I said, no, you're going to need it. No, no, I don't need it. Need I tell you? <laughs> There were so many vamp until ready, that song went on for 20 minutes. <laughs> well, you know, I made up a special version which takes out a lot of the vamping <laughs> and gets right to the point. I actually made a montage for her 80th birthday party at the Greek Theater mm -hmm. that used your dad's song, and then I played a historic recording of Dolores Huerta from 1971. Mm -hmm. We're going to hear a little clip of that right now so we can hear the original corrido from your dad mm -hmm. and then we can hear a little archival footage all in one Nasuel UFW en toda su gloria y el resto del texto está escrito en la historia I remember when I we first started the union people farmers would say to me let's do this for our children and I think to myself but why are they saying for our children Dolores no teme because even they knew better than I did, you know, how what a long struggle it was going to be. And now I see their children, you know, that are now involved in the struggle, like Luciano Crespo today, who organized transportation. Well, his mother was a striker, you know, when he was just a little kid then. Now Luciano's, you know, being able to be a leader in the union and uh, some of the young people. And it's true, you know, here we are. Basically, we're here in Delano. We're at the same place that we were in, in 1965, you know. It's, we have a different way to do it. We're doing it through elections and through the ALRB instead of the strike, say, in the boycott. But still, we have to use part of the boycott. And they were right. And they said, let's do it for our children. Let's make these sacrifices for our children. They knew what they were talking about. Dolores no teme porque es muy valiente. That was a very young Dolores Huerta from 1970. And even though the energy is the same today, her voice quality is a very young woman. <laughs> I have never heard her voice that young, ever. I didn't, I didn't even know that. Well, that's incredible. Yeah, and this we presented to her for her 80th birthday party at the Greek Theater. It had Carlos Santana, Zach De La Rocha of Rage Against the Machine. Mm -hmm. President Obama gave her a birthday wish. Right. It was so fun to bring all the music and the activists and the community together to celebrate. We're going to go to the stage here with Leela Downs, so let's go now. Away from Oaxaca to be here tonight, a good friend of Dolores, a good friend of the movement, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Leela Downs. It's a mighty long road that my poor hands have hold. 
my poor feet had traveled along dusty road out of your dust bowl and westward we rode your deserts was hot and your mountains was cold I worked on your orchards of peaches and prunes Slept on the ground by the light of your moon At the edge of your cities you will see us And then we come with the dust and we're gone with the wind California, Arizona, I made all your crops But it's north up to Oregon to harvest your hops Dig the beads from the ground Pick the grapes from your vines To set on your table Your light, your light Sparking when did you come to America the free? Who are your ancestors? What is your creed? Who is the father and the son and the weed? Where is the spirit that sought liberty? When did you come to America? Long, long before when the buffalo was. When did your hands burn like coals? The thing that made this land be your pride and your joy. When did you come to America? I came to help you grow. a big one but you know what was a fun one uh, I'm not sure if you were there La Plaza de Cultura I Artes. didn't go to that one no. oh that was a goodie okay. I think that she was 82 okay. and she decided that she wanted a zoot suit theme <laughs> as you may know a lot of my dad's music is uh, is in, in zoot suit so of course I had to show up in a red zoot suit I remember Pepe Serna I was wearing a white one we looked like Valentine's Day standing next to each other but anyway right. everybody was there Martin Sheen and Eddie Olmos and, and Pepe and the late Lupe Oteveros and everyone was there and lots of people showed up in Pachuco outfits and you know Dolores as a little girl wanted to be a dancer she loves to dance so I make it a point that whenever we're together and there's always music for some reason we dance and trust me you've never seen anyone dance with someone so carefully I hold her waist with one hand very tight and I hold her hand tight I don't want to see the headline Dolores Huerta breaks leg dancing with Dan Guerrero so I'm really careful but we boogied up a storm at that at that at party and she loved it she loves to dance to this day she still does oh you know because at the end of the day there has to be a goal for what we're struggling for and that is to be able to celebrate life and dancing, music, culture, comida, all of these things are important threads of our community and Dolores embraces all of those each and every day. Every day. She really does. dad's thought process when he was thinking I'm going to write Dolores a birthday song. You know, he was such a creative soul as you might guess and and things would just come to him. You know, they would just come to him and and one day he realized that he had not written something for Dolores Huerta of all people who of course he revered and and, and knew so well and um, he would often do that. 
I remember uh, during one of the UCLA walkouts, much later, not the original ones, and he called me. And by then, he was quite mature. He was certainly uh, into his 80s, I think. And uh, he was still performing. I mean, he passed in uh, 05, March. And uh, in 04, October, he did his last concert. But it was still a little hard for him to do some things. And he called one day, Mijo, I, I hear they're doing a walkout at, at UCLA. I should write a song. I, and, and we should go. I should write a song. Now I knew that ship had kind of sailed. I said, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. But it would just come to him. And, uh, yeah, he felt very badly that he had never honored <laughs> uh, uh, Dolores with that uh, corrido. So he did finally do it. And, in fact, there is a, you know, he didn't write music. He would always compose on his guitar and take it to an arranger and he has the lyrics handwritten on a sheet of paper that is up in the archives at UC Santa Barbara but I did make a copy for Dolores so she has a copy of that original lyric in his handwriting oh wow that's just fabulous we're here celebrating the life of Dolores Huerta contained both in the Pacifica Radio Archives and in stories from myself Mark Torres the director of the Pacifica Radio Archives and host of KPFK's Travel Tips for Aslan and Dan Guerrero. We're going to go to another cut here. This is one of the earliest recordings we have of Dolores Huerta. This one's from 1968, and let's just listen to this small clip. You have to put yourself in the context. Here are farm workers that are picking food for not only us here in California, but the entirety of the United States and the world. And Dolores Huerta, Cesar Chavez, and the team are working to organize them. How is that going to go? Well, let's hear from Dolores. And I think that the hardest job that Caesar had, you know, in his, in his dream when he first started to organize farm workers, was just getting them to understand that they could do something for themselves. <laughs> but the important thing was to get people to have faith in themselves and to have faith in, in, in each other so that they could help each other in, in, a, in a union. If you would like to go to PacificaRadioArchives.org, you can browse the entire collection and hear some of these speeches by Dolores and others in their entirety. It's a real incredible primary resource material to it's hear treasure. those it's voices. literally a treasure. Uh, you know, she obviously, everyone knows she played a major role in the American Civil Rights Movement and continues uh, to this day and as a community organizer. And she still uses many of the same uh, tools that they used back in the day uh, when SB 1070 reared its ugly head a few years ago, uh, Maldef was going to uh, uh, file a suit. And so a uh, bunch of us met uh, at, um, in Phoenix uh, at the state capitol. And this is in restriction to teaching uh, ethnic studies in schools, in public schools. Correct. And so, uh, Dolores Huerta, Linda Ronstad, myself, uh, uh, David Damien Figueroa, all kinds of people, and of course, Tom Sines, the, the president of MALDEF. And, um, and uh, so we do our thing there, and then the next day we're going to march in Tucson, and we meet at breakfast, and she comes up to the breakfast table. I'm sitting with Linda, and she goes, you know, I was just thinking, back when we were uh, trying to get Bobby Kennedy uh, elected, we would go door to door, and there was a thing we used to do, and she was like, you know, Linda and I were still exhausted from the day before, and, and, <laughs> she, and, and she's ready to be shot out of a cannon, and she was talking about those kinds of how they did it, and it's still valued today. Obama, that's how he won. It was grassroots. It was knocking on doors. That stuff, even with all the social media today, that is, is uh, really, really works. Those things still work to this day. Well, as we celebrate Dolores Huerta's 88th birthday party, she was one of the KPFK heroes that we honored at the February 2018 KPFK Hero Awards. And I'll tell you, we listened to the 1968 recording. We listened to, we're going to hear a, a small clip from this recent recording, and you can't tell that she's dropped a step in energy. The energy is still there same, today. The same. I am envious. I hope. I think she has more energy than I have now. Oh, she does. And <laughs> and uh, believe me, if I make it to that age, I can only hope that I have that much energy. Let's play a little clip from the Sunday, February 4th KPFK Hero Awards and the introduction by our very own Dan Guerrero. What an afternoon, huh? What an important cause. We need the KPFK voice more than ever during these, what's the word I'm looking for? Horrific times. Um, I gotta tell you, all this 
incredible talent today, these amazing honorees. I'm feeling quite humble, which is not my favorite emotion. <laughs> well, it isn't, let's be real. And, uh, but I'm also thrilled because I get to uh, give the award, along with Beto, to our final honoree this afternoon. La única, that means there's only one, Dolores Huerta. Now, whenever people talk about Dolores or they write about her, you'll always hear words like iconic, legendary, revered, and all those things are true. But I'm a lucky guy. I get to use just two words, querida amiga, beloved friend. Now, Dolores and I go back a while, and uh, we've shared some extraordinary times, but of course, you can't have an ordinary time with an extraordinary woman. We've marched together, although she's very quick to point out, only once, and only, and only according to her, because I brought my bodyguard, Linda Ronstadt. But it was Arizona. <laughs> Need I say more? We've shared the stage at the Kennedy Center. That was cool. We've danced together many, many, many times. My favorite, probably, at one of her birthday celebrations where we danced to the pachuco music of Zoot Suit. Your dad's music. My dad's music, yeah. I wasn't going to say that, but thank you. Yeah, my dad's music. Lalo Guerrero. Yeah. And I got to tell you, this is not surprising because as a little girl, Dolores dreamed about being a dancer. And I'm here to tell you, she still has the move, so it's not too late, Dolores. It really isn't. So yes, this extraordinary woman still on a lifelong journey as a community organizer, labor leader, social justice activist, tireless, and I mean tireless crusader for good, who managed to have 11 children along the way. Right? I'm amazed she found time to date. Now this much honored woman who broke barriers for being a woman in the machismo culture where she first made her mark as a leader is a hero of hope in every sense of the word. Damas y caballeros, ladies and gentlemen, mi querida amiga Dolores Clara Fernandez Huerta. You know, this is what heaven looks like, okay? With jazz music. And uh, I just want to uh, publicly thank uh, Ed Asner. Uh, Ed Asner was uh, the host of my 65th birthday. Thank you very much, Ed, and been a wonderful friend ever since then. <laughs> and then also, of course, Ed Begley, who has been uh, a dear friend for so many years. Uh, uh, he actually uh, did the first fundraiser for the Dolores Huerta Foundation. That was about... 14 years ago, 15 years ago, Ed, and we're still, we're still going strong. And uh, then, uh, and I also want to introduce, I have one of my sons with me, one of my 11 children, uh, Ricardo Chavez. Would you stand up, Ricky? <laughs> I might have Ricky come up and say a few words, because he's, he's, he's pretty, he's very, very cool. And uh, before I forget, I just want to mention that uh, there was a film that was made about my work with the Farm Workers Union and Ed Begley was uh, kind enough to be with us at one of the screenings there. And it's going to be on PBS on uh, March the 27th, if you haven't seen it. The film was produced by Carlos Santana. And the name of the film is, of course, Dolores. But uh, the reason I think that Carlos decided to make this film is when I met Carlos and we were having a conversation and uh, I told him that I had met Charlie Parker. And I think that's what did it. That's what did it. He decided to make a film because he knew how much I love jazz. And I, I want to thank KPFK, uh, KPFA, KPFK. Uh, and you know, I, I got this little boss today because I wanted to wear something gold because aren't they the gold standard for radio? And uh, way back in the day, you know, when we first started organizing, 
uh, with the Farmworkers Union, they were the only station that would really tell the public what we were doing. So if you look in the archives, they're going to find some great stuff. Well, Dorothy Day was with us, you know, many great people, many conversations of Sassad and many others. But, and I do hope that you all will uh, be able to get a transmitter into Kern County, into Bakersfield, okay? <laughs> I've been saying this for a long time, so maybe with one of these fundraisers we can uh, make sure because over there, let me tell you, we need you so badly. And my foundation, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of work over there. We're trying to stop the school-to-prison pipeline. And we have sued our current high school district, and we settled the lawsuit because of the huge suspension of African-American and Latino children, hundreds of times higher than the white children. And really, they were not... Uh, you know, they were not the valid reasons for expelling these children. You heard that word, dropout? It's not dropout, it's push out. Yeah. It's push out. And in this element of the lawsuit, uh, they have to have cultural competency training for the teachers, uh, restorative justice, positive behaviors intervention systems. They have to have community forums uh, so that parents in the community and students uh, can you know, lend their voices and they have to have one month of African American Heritage Month and one month of Latino Heritage Month in that district. Let me tell you, and I know everybody thinks, oh, California, we're so great, but you know what? When you come to the Central Valley, it's more like Alabama. It is really bad. And in fact, 40% of the school districts that have the highest rates of suspension and expulsion are in the Central Valley of California of all of the state of California, 40% of those school districts. And, and in one school district where we're starting to organize, and by the way, the way, the way that we organize, we do not go in there and talk to the school districts. What we do is we organize the parents. In our first parent conference, we had 155 parents. And right now we're organizing in a district where the, you're not gonna believe this, it's gonna bring tears to your, to your eyes as it does mine. The suspension rate of the African-American students in that school district is 81%. And this is what we call the school-to-prison pipeline. And when the kids do whatever offense they do, they don't call the parents, they call the police. So the children immediately get uh, a record, you know, a juvenile record. Uh, but you know, we're organizing uh, in the Central Valley, we're trying to stop that. But in addition, uh, we are urging the people that we organize, and this is the 99%, okay? <laughs> These are the poorest, poorest people in our state. But we organize them to also run for school boards and utility districts, recreation districts, and city councils. And in fact, in Auburn, California, our mayor, who was one of our youth group before, he's 25 years old, and he was only 19 when he got elected. <laughs> and so this is what we're doing. So it's about giving power to the powerless, giving power to people that don't have it. And of course, this is the way that we organize the Farm Workers Union, and this is the way that we're organizing uh, throughout the Central Valley. And uh, we know that these issues are uh, rampant everywhere. You know, if I go to Texas, it's the same. If I go to Arizona, it's the same. I just got back from New York, it's the same over there. Children of color are not getting a quality education. But the one thing is that we know we can change that because we have an educational system in our country. We have the system, we just have to change the content, okay? And uh, as I've been following the film all, all over the country, you know, I've been uh, really imploring people, please get involved, please vote. And it's not enough to vote, get out there, knock on doors, do phone banking, get other people out to vote. And yeah, and then in our educational system, we have got to include the contributions of people of color. You know, we've got to include that so that people will know that Native Americans were the first slaves and we have never compensated them for that. That the White House and the Congress were built by African slaves. How many people know that, right? And it was the Mexicans, Mexicans okay, everybody. We're good people, okay? <laughs> that, you know, really did all of the work to build the infrastructure and the Asian, the Japanese, Chinese people from India, people from the Philippines. And we've got, to, uh, we've got to take over the school boards and our educational systems to make sure that we get all of that. And 
let's not forget organized labor, all right? Organized labor unions, that they also be, have to be taught that. So we're continuing our work, uh, and also, by the way, uh, part of the work we, that we do is to bring social consciousness, because the people that we organize, um, a lot of them are immigrants, and uh, they're not very enlightened, and so we have to tell them that it's okay for women to have access to abortion, okay? And we have to tell them and teach them that, yes, as Benito Juarez said, you know, respecting other people's right to peace, and it's okay to marry someone of your own sex, or live with, or love with, you know? And so I'm, I'm proud to announce that we had our first gay pride march in Bakersfield, California in June. <laughs> So this is the important work that we're doing. You are listening to Pacifica Radio's Dolores Huerta birthday celebration on From the Vault. If you would like to browse the complete collection of Dolores Huerta recordings going back to the mid-1960s, go to pacificaradioarchives.org. And now back to our program. Just a couple more, uh, two more things, okay? Uh, so we, uh, in addition to our um, lawsuit that we filed against the current high school district for discrimination of children of color. Uh, we've also filed a lawsuit against our board of supervisors because they deprived us of a Latino seat. And we're doing another lawsuit against the current high school district, and those two are for gerrymandering, okay? So we're, we're busy, we're, we're really busy working. And, uh, and I'll, I'm gonna ask you all a question. I know, you, I know you know the answer, and as I go around the country, I, I ask everybody this question. And it's a really simple one. And the question I'm gonna ask you, who's got the power? And I know you know the answer. You're gonna say, we've got the power, right? And then I'm gonna say, what kind of power? And I want you to say, people power. So can we do that? Yes. And let's shout it loud enough so the neo-Nazis can hear us. Yes. All right, let's go. Who's got the power? We got the power. What kind of power? People power. Okay, are we gonna go out there and organize and build our own wall in the Congress of Progressive <laughs> Congress people? She said a lot of cool things there, but one of my favorites is what a fan she is of KPFK. I mean, she's said this many times that back in the day, KPFK was the only radio station that would have her on and Caesar. Nobody wanted to deal with them and they certainly didn't want to uh, uh, give a, a platform for what their uh, mission was at that time and she's always been very grateful to KPFK and, and is a fan of it. And then she's such a fan, I think that's how I, I wangled her to do my Gaytino report uh, on the IMRU program. Now, as you know, I only deal with Latino LGBTQ personalities, and, and she's not a lesbian. Dolores is not a lesbian. <laughs> Eleven children. Eleven children. Doesn't mean well, that doesn't mean, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I, the reason I wanted her on that, because she has always been such a supporter of the LGBTQ community. I, she believed as, believes, as Caesar did, that, you know, you can't stand up for one oppressed, marginalized group and not another. So she's always been very supportive of, of that community, and that's why I, I did want to have her on. And also, you know, in the early, early days of the, uh, and the most dangerous days of the UFW, gay men, lesbian women marched right alongside Cesar Dolores through all those very difficult days. So <clears throat> I think um, that's why I had her on the show, and, and she was wonderful on it, as, as you know, you heard it. Well, our audience is going to know it, too, because we are going to play a clip from the Dolores Huerta Gaytino report. Was that done earlier this year in 2018? Yeah, recently. I mean, yeah. uh, oh, actually, uh, we did it that day at the Catalina Bar and Grill, the day of the Heroes uh, Award. So, yeah, it's that recent. <laughs> okay, well, let's play that right now. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Gaytino Report. Voices from the Latino LGBTQ community. I'm Dan Guerrero. Or if you can roll your R's, Guerrero. And welcome to my very special guest, an American hero. My personal hero. A woman on a lifelong journey as a community organizer and social justice activist. Dolores Huerta has been an iconic civil rights leader for more than 50 years and still going strong. 
Most know she co-founded with Cesar Chavez the United Farm Workers Union. Some may not know Dolores has long been a champion for the LGBTQ community, a community that supported Dolores and Cesar in the earliest and most dangerous days of the UFW. Welcome, Dolores. Thank you so much for being on the Gaytino Report. Oh, I love it. Did we ever think we'd see a day when we have a radio show called the Gaytino? <laughs> well, I'm sure that uh, on this station it's uh, definitely uh, possible. It is possible. I'm very happy to be doing this show and to be putting the spotlight on the Latino LGBTQ community. Now, we've been friends for a long time, I'm very proud to say, and we've talked about many, many things, but it was only recently that we started to talk about the LGBTQ issue in our community, and that came about because of that story Luis Valdez told me about the People's Bar. You remember the People's Bar? Oh, of course. The LGBT community was very much supportive of you and Cesar back when you first were starting the UFW. And in those most dangerous days, they would march right alongside you. We actually had a special button designed for our support of the LGBT community. And it was the farm worker eagle with the pink triangle. And uh, actually, when we were on the boycott in 1968, many of our staff members were involved in the big marches that they had in the Stonewall marches back there in New York City. And uh, then over the years, uh, we always participated in the marches, gay pride marches here in West Hollywood and also in San Francisco. And it was wonderful because it would be great to see all the farm workers coming down with their flags. And, and I remember one farm worker saying to me in Spanish, Ay, señora Huerta, esta gente nos quiere mucho. In English, he said, Huerta, he said, these people really love us. And I said, yes, they do. And they're very supportive of us. And so the farm workers just marched with so much pride in the gay pride march so it was just wonderful to see that but getting back to the people's bar i was so amazed by that story according to luis it was a bar owned by a lesbian woman mm -hmm. uh, i believe mocha mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh after the marches and rallies and all that the campesinos and you and the cesar would all go back and there'd be the gay community there hanging out at a lesbian bar i think that's a movie scene well it, it's more than that uh mocha was actually uh, caesar's and helen chavez caesar's wife uh, their comadre because she baptized Caesar's oldest son Fernando Chavez and we had actually many of the strikers we had a large component of uh, gays that were part of the farm worker movement uh, many of them worked at the De Giorgio Ranch which is one of the big companies that we were striking at that time in fact they were the object of one of our big boycotts that we had I know with the immigration issue, so I don't even know what to say, mm -hmm. such a hot-button issue. Mm -hmm. And for LGBT undocumented mm -hmm. men and women, that's an additional challenge. I mean, it's a whole other ball game for them yeah, when you're undocumented. And, yeah, and it's really bad because we have many of our LGBT community who have their partners or the people that they have married uh, who are undocumented and they have a kind of a really, really big problem in terms of being able to fix their papers so that they can come over and join their spouses. So it is a very, very big issue, a very painful one. Painful, yes, that's the right word. And also uh, in terms of health, because if they're undocumented, they're afraid to go get tested for AIDS and it's a domino effect in so many areas for the undocumented gay man or woman? Well, I think in terms of testing, uh, like we participate in that. One of my son-in-laws, Camilla's husband, he has, uh, uh, you know, been... Uh, but what we have done when we do the testing is we actually take it out to the street. This oh. is what we do in Kern County. We just don't wait for people to come to us. And we have a very active program there every single year to talk about the testing and do a lot of publicity Your around foundation? It. Yes. And, and we partner with other organizations to make this happen. But we don't wait for people to come to us. We go out there and look for them. <laughs> can we talk about Juanita? Yes, we can. Uh -huh. Well, I love Juanita. She's a pistol, that lady. Oh, she, she sure is. <laughs> Your daughter, Juanita Chavez. Mm -hmm. Did she come out to you early, or how did that all come about? I think after she graduated from San Francisco State College, then she let everybody know that she had a partner. So she lived with her partner for a few years. Uh, her partner eventually transitioned 
and became a man. <laughs> She's very active and she calls herself an out and proud member of the LGBTQ community. She was a teacher for a good many right. years mm -hmm. and she co-founded the first gay straight alliance at Mission High School where she went. Was that in Bakersfield? No, was that was it? in San Francisco right there in the uh, Mission. On the she, Mission District. Yeah, she lived in San Francisco when she graduated from San Francisco State. Her first teaching job was at Mission High School and she did more than that. Uh, she also created a clinic there and provided counseling services for the LGBT youth that were there at Mission High School. She's currently the communications and media coordinator for the Dolores Huerta Foundation. Yes. Um, this is Dan Guerrero with the Gaytino Report, and I'm talking to my very special guest, Dolores Huerta. It's like you're going to go on forever doing this. It's such a marvel to see and how you embrace so many of these, I don't know, well, yeah, I hate to call them causes, but I don't know what else to call well, them, and how they intersect each other. Right. Well, it's a human rights agenda, you know. Yes. It's about human rights. Yes, that's it's, the basic, that's the bottom what line. About. And I was very fortunate, you know, I knew Harvey Milk. We campaigned for him when he ran for the Board of Supervisors. He was a very good friend of Caesar's and a good friend of Richard Chavez, Juanita's dad. So it's always been a very, very strong connection. People sometimes ask me, where did this evolve from? I said, well, I don't know. It's always been there. I can't ever remember a time when I remember going to Mexico when I was a teenager. I was 17 years old. And it was really interesting there because there were some gay waiters in this restaurant. And my stepfather was from Mexico City. And he said in Spanish, estos son los Luisitos. He said, those are, they call them Luis. And I said, what is that? What is that? He said, these are gay men. And he said, everybody has to protect them to make sure they're not harmed. And I thought, oh, that's such a beautiful sentiment. My stepfather was born in Mexico City, grew up in Mexico City. He was kind of from the middle class. And it's interesting. And then we saw how that changed later on. I really don't know the history there. I guess somebody from Mexico could say that. It may have been when, and I don't know, when Fox became president or wherever, when they kind of reconnected with the Catholic Church again. So I don't know. But something happened there from the time I was 17. And, of course, later on we saw a lot of discrimination in Mexico. But it's interesting, too, that the Oaxacans, you know, they have a very different take on gender. There's a third gender. And the third gender are people that are very sacred, actually. And uh, they have a wonderful celebration here in Los Angeles. I think it's called Los Moshis. And uh, people dress up uh, like uh, in the Tejuana, which is uh, as part of the Tejuanas, uh, these beautiful, beautiful costumes where they have the huge lace bonnets and these beautiful embroidered uh, costumes with these huge embroidered skirts. And uh, they have a beautiful celebration uh, here in Los Angeles. And they uh, every year they elect a queen. And it is a person from the third gender that is the queen. It's a beautiful celebration. I wasn't able to go this last year, uh, but the year before last, and you had the um, Mexican consulate was there, and all of the local city officials were there. I think that there's a movie about this, and maybe we can have some of the folks that organize this beautiful Yes, event. I would love. I, I never knew event. about this. Yeah, well, it, well, in Oaxaca, it happens every year. But now in Los Angeles, they've been doing it for a few years. Well, it sounds like the Native Americans here in what is now the United States, because they also revere, they were called two spirits. Right. And they revered exactly. them, and it was like they were special, exactly. you know, because they understood the two uh -huh. worlds. Uh -huh. Wow. Well, in Mexico City, going back a little bit, uh, now, of course, uh, gay marriage has been legal there for a good many years, and their gay pride is no longer the F. It's now Ciudad de Mexico, right? It's huge. They have a huge gay pride uh, celebration there. So it has evolved there, which is fascinating to me, you know. We're getting some external noises because we are at the Catalina Bar and Grill, where Dolores Huerta has just been honored by KPFK, and for good reason. You've spoken very highly of KPFK, how it was the only voice in the early days of the movement. Yes, absolutely. And this is uh, such an incredible, incredible radio station. And what I love is when we think of the many years now that this has been celebrated, this organization. I remember when it was first started, because I am, as you know, 87 years old now, so I was just lucky to be alive when so many of these great things were just beginning, uh, like the uh, radio station and uh, knew some of the first pioneers that started the radio station. I was very lucky to know some of them. And uh, to know this, it's still here. And, and you people, are too. And Yes, I'm <laughs> lucky to be here, and the, but the people are still supporting KPFK and KPFA. 
You know who personifies the whole issue of undocumented people who are of the LGBT community is Jose Antonio Vargas. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people know about him. He was born in the Philippines Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until he was about 16 that he found out he was undocumented Mm -hmm. and he's a gay man Mm -hmm. and um, I guess he's got a book coming out but he personifies that whole issue. Yeah, and Jose has been, uh, as you know, very active all over the United States. He travels a lot and uh, he has an organization called Define America. And his uh, organization tends to try to educate people on issues of the gay and lesbian transgender community, but also very, very active just in terms of the dreamers. Have you worked together? Have you yes, met? we have. Yeah, Jose, uh, we have been working together. But in fact, this last year, he was very active on helping us out with the film also. The film Dolores, it was produced by Carlos Santana. Your documentary. <laughs> yes, the documentary. Your documentary was fantastic. The film, Rosario Dawson playing you, I don't think so. But the documentary, I've seen it twice. It's incredible. How did you feel about it? I was really happy that uh, they found so much footage that I had never seen. And they touched on the issues, of course, of sexism, discrimination against women, the farm workers being victorious over Richard Nixon, the president of the United States, and Ronald Reagan. I want you to say a word about Ronald Reagan. Maybe some of our listeners are going to say, well, Ronald Reagan bought us amnesty. Uh Uh-uh, that didn't happen. He signed the law. The ones who did the work on that amnesty bill was uh, Ted Kennedy, Schumer, who was now in the Senate. He was in the head of the Judiciary Committee, Howard Berman here in California, Peter Rodino. They were the, the main people. And myself, I'm going to include myself. Because uh, one of the things that we're trying to do now is make, as women get credit for the work that we do, right? And I worked on the amnesty bill for months in Washington, D.C. to make sure that it passed. You know? And so just remember, Reagan is not all that great. But uh, the film, I think, is really great because it also touches on the issues of police brutality. It touches on ethnic studies, which we know in Arizona. And you and I were marching there in Arizona when they were doing all of that discrimination against the undocumented people and also uh, taking ethnic studies out of the schools, out of the high schools. Uh, As you may know, the state Supreme Court has now ruled uh, that they have to teach ethnic studies. So they lost that law that they passed. I did love that film so much, but I loved hearing from your children. Well, they're not children anymore, but they're still your children, your babies, right? It was uh, Juanita spoke, and I think Ricky, and uh, it humanized you because everyone knows you as the iconic figure that you are, but you're a lady with family, and it was beautiful to see that side. And Camila, who's the executive director of my foundation, she's the one that does all the work while I'm running around the country following the film around and doing speaking engagements. <laughs> Your energy just if I remember one time we were at some event and then I called you the next morning to I don't know what and you said oh I'm in Cleveland and I'm going to speak in a minute I'm thinking Cleveland we were in LA at 11 o'clock last <laughs> night and you were I don't know how you do it I honestly don't. <laughs> well we try to cover as much as we can because we want to get the message out there about the dreamers we want to get the message out about we want people to be sure and vote and go out and knock on doors and phone bank and get themselves elected. We're urging people, yes, run for the school board, run for the city council. Uh, we've got to get progressive people to take over the power. And, of course, uh, as we're talking about the issues of LGBT community, these are some of the things that we have to really work hard on, okay, so we can end the homophobia in our community and in our society. And I think we're on the way there. We're not there yet, but uh, we know we have to get everybody involved. I mean, it's important to celebrate how far we've come because we have, we have, and yet the road ahead is very long and very treacherous, Mm -hmm. and we are currently in a back step, as we all know. So, you know, when that first terrible election night, my knee-jerk reaction was, I'm going to lay low, this thing blows over, I better not do Gaytino anymore, you know? And then when I came out of this shock a couple of days later, I thought, no, 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 this is a time not to retreat, but Mm -hmm. to really stand up and be louder than ever and we all have to do that we all have to do what you've been doing forever you are literally a national treasure and i treasure our friendship and i thank you for being here today well thank you for having me dad and i want to thank you for all the work that you're doing because uh you are also a long distance runner and uh, carrying on the justice work uh, that your dad started uh, through his music and you through your art and thank you very much for uh, producing the play gaytino that i have seen twice and love it and uh, urge everybody if you haven't seen it please now it's time and i understand that you're working on some other great projects thank you <laughs> okay that was dan guerrero and dolores huerta that was from the 2018 
Hero Awards recorded earlier in that day and broadcast live on KPFK on IMRU's Gaytino Report that is hosted by our very own Dan Guerrero. And that illustrated some of the diverse subject matters that Dolores holds dear to her heart. And when she grasps onto a cause, she is relentless and she is a great organizer and advocate for various struggles. Her large big picture goal is that there is justice in the world. There is equality in the world. She's been a champion for so many years. That's why she's received the Heroes of Hope Award. And uh, and the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Yes. I mean, there are just so many things. In the uh, KPFK Hero Award speech, she mentioned that she was at the Kennedy Center. And you were there at the Kennedy Center with her. What was that like? Oh, I've produced and staged lots of things there. And they asked me to uh, create an evening to honor Cesar Chavez because they were honoring uh, several uh, civil rights leaders during the 100th anniversary of John Kennedy's birth. And so I put together this evening, and I had Dolores, and I had uh, Luis Valdez, who brought several actors from the Teatro Campesino to recreate actos. I had uh, Barbara Carrasco, who did so much artwork for the early days uh, of the UFW. I, I had Caesar's son, Paul. It, it was a big evening, and uh, and it had music and, and dance. La Santa Cecilia, the uh, La Marisol sang songs from the Huelga, and um, and to have. Uh, Dolores, they are talking about the, those early days, first person, you know, uh, and and all those that were involved. It was it was really, I would have to say it's historic. It really was to have all those people in one room on that stage that night. Yeah, it was pretty fantastic. It was pretty fantastic. I had to make sure because I wrote the script and uh, and all, and I had to make sure everything was exactly right. I didn't want Dolores to go, well, that didn't happen, or I wasn't there, so <laughs> I had to be really careful. But I did it. Well, we're here in the studios of KPFK celebrating Dolores Huerta's 88th birthday. Uh, KPFK and Pacifica Radio had been there recording Dolores Huerta, Cesar Chavez, and others since the mid-1960s, even before the United Farm Workers was formed. They had another stepping stone as they were just beginning to figure out how to organize. Right, right. And so uh, it's just, uh, it just feels right that we're uh, celebrating and honoring Dolores Huerta today because KPFK and Pacifica Radio has been present for so much of their working life. I want to make sure we point out that throughout her five-decade association with Caesar uh, and, of course, UFW, she was vice president of the union and was involved in all areas of strategic planning and negotiations, and, and she continues her work to this day through the Dolores Huerta Foundation. She has her own foundation, and uh, and all uh, half those 11 children work, work there, you know. And I want to also say that she is an unpaid volunteer of the Dolores Huerta Foundation. The girl's not even getting paid for what she's doing. <laughs> well, shortly after the Dolores Huerta Foundation was formed, she made her way to the Pacifica Radio Archives. We knew that she was going to arrive, and I said, okay, we got to gather up all of our recordings of the UFW, pre-UFW, Dolores Huerta, and that includes the 80th birthday celebration at the Greek Theater. That includes all of the things that she had done associated, including 1996 when we had the birthday party at UCLA and your father sang her happy birthday. I gave her all of these recordings on a big package of CD drives. We didn't have the USB technology down yet. When she received them, it was a surprise. We didn't tell her we were going to do it. We just did it. And she was floored. And And I had my little recorder present so I could get a comment from her. And that we're going to hear from that right here from 2007. Here's Dolores Huerta. Hi, this is Dolores Huerta. I am so happy that the archives are finally giving their archival material that they have on Cesar Chavez and the early days of the farm workers movement. This is so precious and so historical, cannot be found anywhere else, and this is going to be made available uh, to the schools and the campuses so that young people will understand this history and what, what it means to them in their lives and the lessons that they can take uh, from this uh, wonderful struggle of the farm workers movement uh, with the leadership of Cesar Chavez. So I'm also very happy that the archives have included uh, my uh, interviews also, and again, that is so important, especially for our young women, uh, because they need to know 
that uh, women can also be out there in the leadership of these struggles. I am so happy and thank you uh, for doing this. Uh, this is uh, such a great contribution uh, that you are making a gift to our society and to our history and especially to our children. Thank you very much. Si se puede. As you heard, she om- I thought, is she going to mention the fact that we have her recordings and that how important this is for women? And at the end, she finally, yeah. she finally went there. And it is really important because women and young women need to know that they can be leaders as well in anything they want to do. Especially young Latinas. Especially young Latinas because that's another <clears throat> what challenge, let's say, being a woman and then being a woman of color. You're, you're talking about double challenges. And I, she's always very uh, diplomatic, but and never says anything. But I, I, I think that's why Caesar, not that he didn't deserve it too, but that that's why he became president because a woman at that time, you know, uh, I think it might have been challenging for others. She certainly made her mark, obviously. It's not like she was in the shadows at all. But I do think that machismo um, mentality uh, was very, very, very strong at that time. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a woman. You mentioned her energy recently. This is a woman who was arrested 22 times while marching or fighting for social justice and, and... as you know, nearly lost her life in 1988 after a brutal police beating uh, in San Francisco during a rally. I mean, they broke her ribs, and she, she nearly died. This tiny woman, you know, where she's well, about two feet tall. Yeah, and and uh, but the energy is still there. It's it's fantastic. It's just fantastic. I think because she feels so strongly and has such a passion, that kind of thing, uh, I think, feeds her energy because. She's um, just a, a short time ago. Um, I just directed a mariachi opera and at the Cal State uh, Northridge campus at the Valley Performing Arts Center. There, uh, it was called Cruzar la Cara de la Luna, and the theme kind of involves immigration. And so, as a result, we invited a hundred and I think it was fifty dreamers and their families to the opening night. There's something like uh, some shockingly huge number of dreamers on that campus in the thousands I forget the exact number and I thought oh my gosh Dolores has got to be there they'd, they'd be thrilled so I call her and it turns out she was going to be in Chicago that very day uh, doing a speech that afternoon but she couldn't have said it faster I think but wait I think I can switch it to a breakfast thing and if I do the speech in the morning I can probably get out there this woman I don't know what time she got up to deliver her address in the morning in Chicago all the travel plans had to be switched. She had to change planes twice. Arrived at LAX like, I don't know what it was, 7 o'clock at night. Our curtain in Northridge was at 8. I think her son, Ricky, or Juanita, her daughter, picked her up, got her there like five minutes. She looked like she'd just come from the spa. Couldn't have been calmer. She was there. Uh, we, we did a photo uh, on the grand staircase with all the dreamers and, and Dolores. And and she and then, then she stayed for the party. I mean... 88. This is incredible. Yeah, I think if I am lucky and blessed enough to make it to that age, I'm probably going to be in a lazy boy. <laughs> and here she is figuring out her itinerary to oh, yeah. move around the country to make this. In debut. fact, it was funny because I said, Oh, I said, when she said she'd move it, I said, Oh, I said, but you know, that's going to be so difficult. You got to get up so early. And you're going to, oh, oh, don't worry about that. Now, what we'll do is, yeah, it was like, What are you crazy? I'm Dolores Huerta, is what the, the uh, uh, subtext was there. Like, what are you talking about? Of course I can do it. And she did. And getting back to your archives for a moment, I did email her that we were doing this today and that she'd get a copy so you have to send <laughs> okay. it to her so right, she uh, can add that to the archives all right i'm sure she'll be happy to hear this and dolores huerta for pacifica and for myself i mean she's been present for my radio show travel tips for aslan from the beginning we just send you our love and just thank you feliz cumpleaños <laughs> on behalf of myself mark torres and dan guerrero we wish dolores huerta a very happy birthday we end this special Dolores Huerta birthday celebration with a special version of Lalo Guerrero's Corrido de Dolores Huerta, performed by singer, songwriter, and guest host for Travel Tips for Aslan, Nancy Sanchez, who was accompanied on accordion by Otonio Luján, son of the famous Chicano muralist Magu, who serenaded Dolores at last year's birthday party right here in Los Angeles. Qué bien te queda 
Pacifica's Dolores Huerta birthday celebration. If you would like to get a copy of this program, go to fromthevaultradio.org or call us in the archives 1-800-735-0230. Happy big day to you, Dolores, and Feliz Cumple. The From the Vault theme music was written and performed by Nancy Sanchez and Gina Recamier. My name is Mark Torres. Thank you for helping keep our history alive. Sous la joie, et j'entends dans la musique. 